Happy New Year, and welcome to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway, wishing you Happy New Year from our home studios, but all the love that Orange and Green can give you from the highest to Seven Hills in Tallahassee, where we cut our where we cut our teeth. And uh, some of us were born rattlers, some of us became rattlers, but it's all Orange and Green love. Kelvin, Kofi, Happy New Year, brothers. It's good to see you this year. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, and a Happy New Year to all the Rattlers. Amen, amen. All right. You sound, you sound, uh, how, how, how the first five days of the year treating you fellas? Well, everybody trying to stay healthy, man. This is, uh, <clears throat> I want to say a very interesting time, okay. You know uh, that we're dealing with in this time that we're in. But I think everybody staying healthy. We want to wish uh, good health upon everybody, and um, that's really been the main thing to begin the year. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely happy to be here in the living, and uh, excited about what is to come. Likewise. Um... Uh, school started back for colleges as well as uh, I have a six-year-old, so the, the schools here and and uh, you know just like across the country, there's a lot going on in terms of uh, uh, the the COVID situation and and um, things are changing and so forth. So this is our new normal. We have to just embrace it and uh, do the best we can with the information we have. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm, 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 I'm praying and hoping we don't uh, see a reversal of of things from a year ago or maybe a year and a half ago. But uh, you know, it's crazy. These, uh, you know, the, these new variants here, man. They, they're worse. Uh, I, I, I jokingly said it's like, uh, like the Eternals movie, man. I mean, they're they're everywhere, and regardless of whether you've been vaccinated or got a booster it seems to be catching us all so uh we we really have to be smart and uh you know as you guys said whether you're dealing with young children or your own families you know i'm i'm in education so i'm around young people all the time i have to continue to remind them hey guys don't get too comfortable you know if you feel yourself getting sick and i think this is a good message for everybody if you feel feel yourself a little under the weather use use caution you know uh don't don't try to be a hero um, I, I think back in the day, well, we used to, we used to, we used to talk about sucking it up, you know, like you were feeling a little under the weather, you'd be like, man, suck it up and get your butt into work. Nowadays it's like, nah, I'm a little, <laughs> that little cough. I think I'm going to stay home right now. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. 
Hey, I want to want to thank everybody for a great 2021. And uh, and I and I just want to say my voice is this way because I'm coaching season is starting, so my voice sounds a little froggy. I'm not sick. I'm okay. My voice is just froggy after screaming at high school boys for the last 24 hours. So that's why my voice sounds this way. Hopefully it still sounds good. I'm going to let you guys do more talking today. Um, but yeah, we, uh, in today's show, as we get into the new year, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to take a little recap down memory lane and uh, kind of look back on the past year, an interesting year for uh, Rattler Nation. A lot of first, uh, we kind of, you know, transition from from one conference to a new conference and a lot of first. And uh, also, you know, we will take a look at what's ahead because I think that's on the minds of a lot of people. Um, got some definitely some newsmakers, some different things going on in the news regarding Rattler Nation, um, Rattler Sports, whether it be football, basketball, uh, all, all, you know, our sports seem to be just making news left and right. And, and, and we love it. We love it. So um, let's kind of get into, oh, just want to remind everybody, let me go through the basic plugs here. Uh, of course, if you're watching our show, if you're on YouTube, want to give a shout out. I see Montre Bennett already checked in. Mary 305. She's always one of the first ones in. Happy New Year to you. And uh, Montre, Marching 100 Paparazzi. Man, love her. Love the work that uh, that, uh, that that account puts out, man. That, that is a uh, that is a classic, great watch. So thank you for coming in and joining us. Tamara Taylor, always checking in as well on uh, YouTube. And I know there's some others on Facebook as well. But just reminding you, go ahead and like and subscribe to Jericho Broadcast Network's app and uh, on my JBN, my BCSN, which you can find on the Google and Apple Play Store. You're watching us on YouTube or Facebook. Make sure you are signed in and subscribed so that anytime we do a show, any of our shows, that you are one of the first people to get that notification. And then, of course, go follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So, look, guys, I, I told you for the last two weeks, I was like, hey, be thinking about what are some of the memories or some of the things from 2021. And I, and I think we got a lot of them. I was just going through a list from different sports and some things that really happened to highlight the sports year, but, but we'll start it like this. If you could, if you could think of one thing, what's, what's the top of the list, your number one event news story for FAMU athletics in 2021. And, and that's tough because there are a lot of things to choose from, but for you, what's tough. What's uh, what's, what's number one rather. Uh, who, who wants to start first? Kelvin Kofi, who wants the first roll at it? I, 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 it's easy for me. So okay. my favorite event was the Florida Classic. After nine uh-huh. years, uh, you know, we had, to, we had to get that done. And the fact that, you know, a lot was on the line, right? The NCAA potential playoff berth, uh, the nine years of frustration, uh, SWAC was still potentially in play. Uh, so... You know, all that just added to the environment and um, the way we won, the convincing fashion in which we won, and whole atmosphere. Uh, we got that money off the back. And so, for me, that uh, that the floor class of victory definitely was my favorite moment in family athletics this year or last year. 
Yeah, you're not you're not the only one. A few other people chimed in already saying it was the Florida Classic. How about you, uh, Kofi? Uh, obviously, Florida Classic. I would say outside of that, I have to say <clears throat> the Nike LeBron deal and uh, watching this team go undefeated at home yet again. So we've got a 10-game home winning streak because um, the win over Buddy Pugh gave us the HBCU National Championship. So um, that went a long way to determining um, and the fact that the games really weren't close. Nobody came within 14 points of FAMU in Bragg this year. So uh, it, the home dominance really stuck out to me outside of that whole uh, LeBron Nike deal because that that opened up the door to so much more. Uh, the Why Not Us uh, with Chris Paul was also very huge in promoting the FAMU brand uh, to the nations, not just the United States, but to the nations. This, you know, ESPN has international appeal. So, um, you know, that was a tremendous seed into the minds of current Rattlers and even future Rattlers in terms of uh, who we are and uh, what we're all about. So I'm excited about to see the returns on all of that. Uh, what, what do you, before I, before I give my, my top choice, you know, it's hard to project what something like why not us will have, but if you can, if you think two, three years down the road, what kind of impact do you think that show and what that show gave us, which, which, I mean, I look as much as I like the basketball version that we saw from North Carolina central, um, I, I thought ours, maybe I'm a little biased, but I thought ours was a little bit better because I didn't think we had the overhang of COVID plus our season finished a lot better. You know what I'm saying? Than what's central. So, so back my original question is, what do you think the impact of why not us will have on the university or the program two, three years down the road? If you can look that far ahead. Kelvin, I think that um, that story still isn't written yet because uh, it's been on um, the internet service side of it. Uh, I, I think at some point um, it'll be on more ESPN platforms, and what it does is it exposes folks who have no clue uh, about HBCU at all athletics and particularly uh, uh, FAMU football, I, I think it, it exposes us to potentially hundreds of thousands to millions of, of, of people who, who would have had that exposure. Um, and the fact that we had a very successful season and there was a lot of positives, I thought it, uh, the coaches and the players represented themselves uh, extremely well. Um, and so if people had stigmas about HBCUs and HBCU, HBCU athletics, I think we were ambassadors and we removed those things um, um, with this. Uh, and it also gave people a lot of flavor of what's unique, what's the niche, what's special about the family, uh, about uh, uh, athletics at HBCUs. It's, it's different. 
Um, and, and and so all of those things, I think, long term will uh, just like most things that we do becomes part of the larger pop culture or uh, popular culture. Mm-hmm. And um, so th- there'll be there'll be kids, there'll be parents, there'll be coaches. Um, there will be potential um, investors and and uh, sponsors and so forth uh, that we can leverage this in order to um, take our our athletic program and the family brand to a whole different level. I mean, so. I think it's going to be big. It's, it was big now, but I think in the next year, this particular year, as a matter of fact, as it gets to more platforms and and and, and more people are uh, view it, that it's going to be even larger. What about you, Kofi? Um, <clears throat> I want to say I believe the gains are going to be exponential, man. Um, three to five years down the line. This was, people will remember the 2021 year as the year that FAMU really expanded um, its reach. Uh, I mean, we have literally a global appeal due to our Nike contract as well as, um, you know, the LeBron James deal and the Why Not Us. I think the Why Not Us is going to, really help us to um, recruit a higher caliber athlete because they're seeing another school outside of Jackson State um, that A, wants to be really, really good, but the visibility that our players are getting is showing that you don't have to go to WI to get that level of visibility. I think that our school and our athletes have more visibility um, than probably even many PWIs across, you know, just around the country. And they had an inside look on the culture um, on the highest of seven hills. So I think that that is a big deal. It's going to cause us to be able to recruit um, a higher caliber athlete because what we put out there was quality information. It was quality, bro. And I think that everybody saw the magic that is FAMU. And it wasn't just the athletic side. It was the academic side. It was the artistic side with the Marching 100 and Will Packer. Um, it was seeing all of the things that make FAMU FAMU. Um, you know, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, a lot of opportunities up ahead for our athletic department, our marketing program, uh, the coaches uh, of a lot of sports, um, you have a great recruiting tool to use and to showcase. And I I think we can all, I think we can all be proud. And when we have those questions by people, and I'm sure we've all had them, why FAMU? Or, hey, what what can I tell my, my son or daughter about FAMU? Or especially if it's a young man, you know, in athletics maybe. You know, you can refer him to Why Not Us and say, this is FAMU. Go look at go look at Why Not Us and go see, you know, a little bit about what what we all know to be great about our university. 
And, and so I, that, that, that goes to speak uh, volumes. And I, and I think it's a, it's a big plus for Coach Simmons as well because I think he comes off as a shining star um, in, in this as well. So uh, a lot of opportunities, and it means a lot of people have to do some work. We, we have to hope that we have the right people in the right places because now they, they have to, you know, I don't want to say earn, earn their checks, but, you know, hey, go, go, go build on this legacy that you're a part of. And that's the great opportunity for them all. So um, that, that's what Why Not Us gives us. I don't think either of you – I was in a toss-up here in my big story because I was, I was thinking about the Florida Classic. I was thinking about Why Not Us and, of course, our football season. But between just in general, July 1, July 1st was such a big day. I, I mean, I, I look, I, I, my two choices were us moving to the swag and what our volleyball team did. Cause I mean, I, I fell in love with a sport again in volleyball. I mean, I really did. I mean, I, I can't even, I can't even tell you. And I became a big fan uh, again of the sport of volleyball, coach Gokhan Yilmaz and, and those ladies. And then the story, um, the, the dominance that we showed, the awards that we took, but just the fact that we moved conferences after a 50-year history of being in the MEAC and being identified as a MEAC, it feels natural. And we've only been in the SWAC for six months, but it feels like home, doesn't it? It, it feels like yeah. we always – it feels like we were always supposed to be there, but now we're we're home. And this feels really good being around the type of schools, the kind of thoughts that, I mean, I think all of our programs, we hear a lot of like-minded people talking about things, whether it be within the band community, whether it be alumni and how the athletics, whether it be football, baseball, uh, basketball, women's sports, uh, even on the academic side, I it just feels different than what it felt like in the MEAC. And we all grew up in the MEAC, right? So I, I think our our biggest story for me personally was just the move to the SWAT. And and how it came about was just, I mean, God's plan, God's, you know, timing. It just it just worked out the way it did. And for us to go and for Bethune to go and for it to be a perfect 12 uh just just hits home. Um what are some other stories? What are some other stories from the year that uh, resonate with you when you kind of go through your list and we'll kind of, we'll kind of end the segment and kind of just compare notes and see what kind of stories we all, we all came up with. So for me, I had the golf me at championship in the, in the NCAAs uh, last program to uh, win a championship in the me uh, yep. I think the only one uh, last season. Yeah, uh, you're that right. Competed. So I had that uh, was a big deal. I also had the swag, um, joining the swag. Uh, that was that was huge. Um, the Orange Blossom Classic uh, mm-hmm. in uh, Jackson State with height with Dion and and how that game turned turned out to be the uh, de facto swag championship, right? Yeah. Uh two best teams in the conference uh with two best records. And it, it was a dog fight so that OBC uh was a big deal. Um I had volleyball winning the SWAC tournament and make it to the NCAAs. 
uh, also um, the football team um, that mm-hmm. won the classic and the first swag school to get a uh, invite to FCS playoffs and 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 forever. So um, and then the LBJ contract. I mean, what else needs to be said? LeBron is showing that he's the best player in the league still in year 19. And uh, and to be affiliated with uh, that brand is just speaks for itself. What about you, Kofi? What other stories uh, that maybe we didn't get to that you had on your list? Well, <clears throat> I had everything that Kelvin had on his list. I want to say Bragg's reconstruction. Um seeing that really take place because I really like what um what they did with the east side and the I want to say the movement that we were able to establish and even the standing room only spaces um created for a unique feel of atmosphere. Um the FAMU student section was absolutely amazing. We were the only HBCU that actually had students ranked um, in that top 50. Um, so they were very active, very spirited. They were noticeably live and hype, and it, it gave our football team tons of energy. Um, I would say, you know, just the Marching 100 had a fantastic year. They went viral yes, on several occasions. Mm-hmm. They were on ESPN, even beginning with the Orange Blossom Classic and the way that they concluded the year. Great formations. Um, they made an attempt to even get better in the stands. I want to say, and they finished number one in the SWAT in a couple of polls. In fact, they got uh, the band of the year um, with one of the other uh, HBCU publications. But mm-hmm. this last thing, I think, was just absolutely paramount to this year. Because I don't think that anybody understood uh, the weaponry that is really within Rattler Nation. And so when I say this, Thick 36 changed the entire game, bro. <laughs> Thick 36 set it off, bro. Like, Thick 36 came up in there, bro, and just went viral on her own, bro. Thick 36 just came in that mug and just shut it down, bro. Thick 36 is what I remember about 2021 and Hulk. Thick 36. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I I, I I I saw that and I was like, is he talking? Look, the home the distraction committee, FAMU homecoming, that I don't we I don't we can't duplicate that. You can't write that in a script. Uh we shut a program. We we ruined a career of a great head coach and, and, and sent a we sent a good program. We sent a blue blood program into chaos after that game. I mean, they they had never seen such disrespect and lack of just coof, whatever you want to call it. And I think that game will go down in history as, oh, no, because we've seen everybody else's homecoming in the SWAT. Nobody's homecoming was like FAMU's on game day. I'm sorry. And if that's what you're going to get every year, I don't want to – if I'm a SWAT team, God, please don't schedule me to go to FAMU on homecoming because that's a loss. Just chalk that up as a loss. That might be, as you said, one of the most impactful moments um, in itself on the year. Um, my goodness. Hey, a couple other things that I found. You mentioned that SWAC uh, or, or that the MEAC 
uh, that golf championship. How about the fact that we ended up with the uh, the, the top golfer, individual golfer uh, of the of the year in the which uh, is a brand new created APGA, and we have four of those young men uh, that are that are playing collegiate golf. Uh, Moby uh, Dillard. I'm going to mess these names up, so I'm, I'm going to apologize right now. Uh, Mahindra Lutchman, Cameron Riley, Prince Cunningham. I, I think I got them all right. But but those four Rattlers are playing professional golf. Uh, Moby, one of the top golfers. Um, and and as a, so, you know, hopefully we'll see, we'll see him uh, in the future. We'll see one, if not all of those Rattlers in the future, thanks to that great opportunity. Uh, how about – Baseball. How about the fact that on March 30th, our baseball team and probably one of their biggest uh, games of the year came back from a nine run deficit to defeat Alabama State 15 to 14 with uh, I think it was five runs in the eighth inning, bottom of the eighth, four runs in the bottom of the ninth, uh, drew 14 walks in that contest. Uh, Probably one of the greatest comebacks in I think maybe the second greatest comeback, I think second largest late inning walk-off comeback is how it's uh, pitched. But uh, what, a, what a great year against a, a SWAC dominant program. Alabama State just really sets up for what it'll be. And then I think we even in baseball, didn't we sweep that series against Grambling that was in Atlanta? So that's another big, big moment for, for baseball. Um I'm just going through the list. How about the strike tour? The strike tour 2021 raising half a million dollars during the months of May to July. Uh, congratulations uh, to, to all of uh, uh, Rattler Nation who came out and supported. Uh, our cheer program, they, um, they ended up uh, getting the highest bid to nationals, garnered a couple of first place finishes, and they will compete in the NCA and NDA collegiate cheer and dance championships this year based on their performance back on August 18th. Uh, we put two sports hall of fame classes together, 2020 and 2021. Um, a host of those names, some of those names that some of you are familiar with, uh, Jamie Nails, Amir Razul, Wesley Taylor, Leroy Van, uh, and, and a host of others. Uh, went into the Hall of Fame. Um, and then how about our basketball program? The first ever in the history of the program, uh, Coach Robert McCullum was the MEAC Coach of the Year. Uh, Randolph Childress made first team all MEAC and was on the defensive team. So uh, a great year for MJ a lot of MJ Randall, I'm sorry. Who did I say? What did I say? Don't even repeat it if he, I messed it he up. You say the, the, the former Wake Forest player from years ago, Randolph Childers. <laughs> Randolph Childers. You know what? I heard somebody else make that same mistake for some reason. Yeah, MJ Randolph. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, you guys in the chats, let us know. What are your great moments from 2021? We'll kind of share those, and maybe there's something that we forgot. Let us know. What were your great moments from 2021? We got to step away for a break because coming up uh, is that coach of the year that we were just speaking of. Coach Robert McCullum is joining us on the other side of the break. We're going to talk about the upcoming season in the SWAC for our men's Rattlers uh, basketball program. So stay tuned. Uh, You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. 
supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. get back to strolling instead of scrolling before we can safely come together we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines visit getvaccineanswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. get back to strolling instead of scrolling before we can safely come together we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines visit getvaccineanswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. 
This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. get back to strolling instead of scrolling before we can safely come together we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines visit getvaccineanswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam Brian Kelvin and Kofi, it's a pleasure to have on to start the new year, the head coach of our men's basketball program, Coach Robert McCollum. Coach, Happy New Year. Thanks for coming on and joining us. Happy New Year to you all. I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to talking about Rattler basketball. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, uh, we got the uh, SWAC season started. I, I know that was uh, had to be a little tough given the fact that we had to cancel a couple of games, a, a couple of uh, games, an opportunity to play against uh, Arizona State and, and University of Illinois. We had to cancel those, and and so uh, had a tough game at Daytona. But let's start by kind of just maybe if you talk a little bit about the challenges of those cancellations. Uh, do, do you feel like it, it kind of had any effect on yesterday's game or just what we had to deal with and getting ready for that game? Well, yes, uh, I think you, you you hit it right on the head. Um, you know, we players, coaches, we, we, we are creatures of habit. And each game is a is a uh, uh, just a total challenge in, in and of itself. And so the Arizona State game, the cancellation of that game was big because it was the last game before the Christmas break. And so there was going to be a week in between that game and the Illinois game. So after the cancellation of the Illinois game, uh, so we ended up being 15 days bef- between <clears throat> the last time we played and the Bethune game. And <clears throat> not to, to uh, you know, get too deep in some of the problems we've been dealing with, but we're very fortunate in that I inch our team uh, was fully vaccinated uh, since July. Mm-hmm. And so after that, you know, three, four-day break at home, just a vast majority of them came back and they came back with COVID. And so the four, first four days back, uh, someone, you know, had guys to test positive. And so it got to the point where I just said, you know what, we're gonna we're just gonna shut things down. 
So I called uh, court negotiator AD and kept him uh, aware of what was going on. And I uh, just felt like, you know, we, you know, we weren't sure if it was a situation where they all came back with it or the short time we've been together that if players had, you know, caught it from some of the guys who came back with it. So I just felt like let's just uh, stay away from each other for 48 hours and see where we where we are at that point. So we've, uh, this, this is the 26th of December, you know, we've had three-fourths of our team uh, to, to test positive. And so what really helped us have, a, you know, as many guys as we did to play at Bethune, the CDC reducing the 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 number of days from 10 days quarantine to five day quarantine. And so that's what enabled us. And so we still had, I think, what, four, four players that did not make the trip, including one starter. And we also played two players who literally played the first game all season at the time. So <laughs> It was a, it was it was quite a challenge. That said, I I thought uh, still was kind of disappointed with the way we played. I still thought it's a game we should have won because, with all due respect, this is not this this Bethune team doesn't stack up at all with the team we played. We they didn't play last year, so my first three years here, this team didn't compare at all to those first three teams. So, mm-hmm. but uh, again just dealing with those, those issues. And, you know, we're not the only one. There's teams all mm-hmm. over the country uh, are dealing with similar, similar issues. So, you know, hopefully um, in addition to that, that the long layoff will come out and we'll play a lot better on Saturday against Southern. We'll have to, because Southern is a very good team. Right. Right. Uh, before I turn it to Kelvin, let me ask with the new policy that's been put out by the SWAC regarding uh, COVID and what happens to teams who may not have enough players to play, or the, the re- I, I guess let me refer because the policy states that with a certain number of players and coaches, there's an expectation to play. And if you're unable to play, the whole policy about cancellations, um, whether I look at it as harsh or not, as freely as you can talk about it, uh, without getting in trouble, what are what are your what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that cancellate or on the new policy and, and, and how do you manage uh, that? Thank, I really appreciate you giving me that cover. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I mean, sincerely, that I think, I think uh, I, uh, my, my feelings on it are probably pretty close to yours. And as you know, each conference, you know, has the right to establish their own guidelines. And those guidelines, they're they're fluid. As a number of conferences had similar policies and protocols to the SWAT. But in the last three weeks, it's like, okay, we're dealing with something in, in this Omicron variant that we weren't ready for. So we think in the best interest of our league, we're going to go back and kind of reevaluate. And that's what they did. And so most of the major conferences, they are going to allow teams to make up games. Now, I think the policy you are referencing is that if there are seven players 
and at least one coach, then you you expect it to play. And that doesn't say seven of your top guys, just seven players. It doesn't say seven scholarship guys. It says seven players and at least one coach. Uh, but since that came out, uh, what we're dealing with now is if your players have, if it's been over six months since they were last vac- you know, vac- vaccinated, now it's like they they haven't been vaccinated, you know, hadn't had the vaccine period. Mm-hmm. So what that means, they're going to deal, be dealing with a totally different, uh, the length of the quarantine is going to be totally different if it's began, if it's been more than six months. So what that means is uh, your player is going to be better off. They need to get the booster. And so hopefully our guys here in the coming days will all, uh, you know, just go down the street and get the, uh, and get the booster. Okay. Uh, uh, Kelvin, go ahead. Coach, I want you to kind of talk about when you were scheduling the, um, the non-conference part portion. Talk about. I understand the, the the of course the financial piece of it and why we schedule some of that. But you can speak to that to educate those who may not be as, as aware. But then what I want you to talk about is just your overall thoughts um, on the non-conference high end high high end of plan. What did the team? do well what he what disappointed you in that kind of thing so we 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 have to uh bring in x number of dollars x number of hundreds of thousands of dollars uh each year and so in in selecting you know the teams to play of course you got to find teams that are interested uh you know, teams where a date is going to work out mutually and that becomes challenging from the standpoint. At the same time, we're trying to uh, do that in a way that we miss the least amount of class time. Uh, and then also we're trying to take part in what's called an MTE, a multiple team event, whereby uh, you know, you, you're playing two or three games uh but they're different than the old traditional uh, uh, tournaments. You know, for example, Kelvin, the event uh, in Jamaica, where we played two games in Montego Bay, and we came back and played a third game uh, in Tampa against South Florida and a fourth game out at Loyola Marymount in L.A. And so the advantage of playing in an MTE is you're allowed to play two additional games uh which is a which is a big help so playing in an mte afforded us an opportunity to play two additional games so those two games for us ended up being turned out to be uh lamorne on and fort valley state uh two teams that we actually been contracted to play two years prior and in which we had to cancel for for different reasons for Part of the, the athletic department being on probation, probation, we had to play two fewer games, three fewer games, and then last year because of COVID. 
And then the, the next uh, part of that, Kelvin, is I try and, and use uh, scheduled games in such a way where I feel that our players will benefit some way socially. Something about the location of that university or that event that will help broaden our guys' horizon. And, and Kelvin, you were, you were part of two outstanding trips to Montego Bay. I think that's a trip our players will treasure for a lifetime. And then the second next year, we went to uh, spend five days in Honolulu. As you know, not only did we spend five days there and we went out to Pearl Harbor, as most teams do, but I think the players have an opportunity to take part in, 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 uh, in an actual um, uh, 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 authentic luau. Mm-hmm. It is something that most people, not you know, alone college kids, most people don't get to experience that. You know, just you're just looking, you're experiencing a Polynesian culture, something that you don't know very much about. And never mind, it's hard to turn on a on the, on a television on Saturday and watch a major college football game without seeing players from Hawaii or, or Polynesian descent participating in those games. So again, those are just just some of the the many. Uh, experiences and benefits that I think our players derive from 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 playing those games. And again, we also try and factor in opportunities to win. And a couple of years ago, we we won at Seattle University. That was a money game. And of course, the big one was Iowa State. That too, that was obviously a money game. So, um, you know, it certainly has its downside, especially if you go in and you get blown out. You know, thirty or so at times, but. Yeah, for the most part, I'd, I'd say we've we've played as many of those games where uh, we lost by less than twenty points, as opposed to having lost by more than twenty or twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Kofi, happy New Year, Coach. Good to see you. Happy New Year to um, you. Absolutely. So you know, just really going in um, now that we're part of this new conference, we have a big game against uh, Southern University um, on this Saturday, and they've been playing some good ball. What is it about uh, Southern University's team that uh, concerns you going into Saturday's game, if there are any? Oh, of course there are. I mean, every, every game, you, every, every, game you, every team you play against, uh, there, there, are, there are things that they do a team's going to do or something about their team offensively or defensively or both matchups that's going to concern you. And so the biggest concern playing Southern is going to be our ability to take care of the basketball. Quite frankly, it's something we, it's one of the few areas where I feel we're much improved, although we didn't take care of the ball well at Bethune and they never pressed us. That was just more of us. And I'm going to attribute it, you know, to, to the, to the long layoff or in those kinds of things. But uh, it's an area overall we've greatly improved. But they want to turn you over. And so they'll come out right off the bat every chance they score, free throw, a field goal, a dead ball situation, they're going to be in what we call a diamond, a one-two-one-one four-court press. So our ability to handle that is going to go a long way in, in determining the outcome of the game. But we handle that well. We're, we're going to be fine. They're a team that are not very big. They're, they're, too, they're an experienced team. 
Yeah, that's something else. In the more, you, you're going to run into more and more teams that are going to be ex- more experienced than not, given the fact the, the, the availability of players through the transfer portal. And even before the transfer portal, that was you had the fifth-year grads. So that provided another opportunity to have older players. So uh, they're, they're, they are an experienced team. They also have one of the better players that played at North Carolina ENT the previous two years. He's now transferred to Southern via the transfer portal, could play right away. And uh, Tyrone Lyons, he's 6'7", very versatile, plays both forward spots. And so um, they benefited from that. But just taking care of the basketball. They're not very big. Um, but, again, taking care of the basketball. They switch five. So all five, they go from 6'1 to 6'7 in the top seven, eight players. And they'll just, they'll just no matter what you do offensively, they're just going to switch it. So our ability to just play with poise and just kind of uh, recognize what they're doing defensively uh, would be the biggest keys to the game. I, I want one more thing I'll, I'll add, and, and I don't know how big of a deal this is. I don't think it's that big. But just if you want to just look at common opponents, we've only had one common opponent, and that was the University of Akron. And uh, Akron beat Southern by 17, and Akron beat us by seven uh, mm-hmm. in just in a span you know, of six or seven days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Good point, Coach. And, and just to let all of Rattler Nation know, this is the first home game of the SWAC of our time in the SWAC. So look, and we've got Southern coming to town Saturday. That's a four p.m. tip off. Uh, I believe the women are playing right before. I believe at two. So we got a doublehead. It's a doubleheader Saturday, uh, and then on Monday night. We, uh, we host Grambling, 7.30 p.m. Ladies play before at 5.30. And if I'm not mistaken, look, we haven't played Southern. Uh, last time we played Southern was 2017. And I believe this is the first ever appearance. I don't know. Our history books online only go back so far. So this may be the first ever meeting between FAMU and, and Grambling. Uh, in men's basketball, but I'm sure somebody out there who who has a lot more knowledge, I'm just going off. You're shaking your head, Kofi. I'm going off what the website said. I said it was dated based on the website, you know. So our own website says, but but coach, you you you're going to add? Have we have we? No, no, there... I, no. I was just nodding my head to the last time we played Southern. So okay, my first yeah, year here, yeah. We, yeah, my first year here, we played at Southern. Uh, uh, in, in, in a facility that that is easily 20, 25 years older than Gaither, <laughs> at least 25 years older. They, they, they have graduation I, I in about. their – a big part? I said I think I know which gym you're talking about over there. Yeah, so they had graduation going on. So we, it was either delayed the game two days, which we – uh, was scheduled to play Georgia Tech two or three days later, so we ended up playing in that facility. But uh, I, yeah, I don't know if we if we played Grambling before or not. But what I what I can say is uh, Southern teams are already be- begun to Im- be impacted by COVID. For example, Grambling was supposed to open uh, SWAC play hosting Prairie View. 
mm-hmm. Prairie had to cancel the game, forfeit the game because not they could they didn't have enough players and or staff. So right off the bat, Prairie the League, as you alluded to earlier, Grambling has a W, Prairie View has an L, and I'm not sure if Prairie View was able to play at Southern tonight as was scheduled. Mm-hmm. So again, right away, you see teams are impacted by by COVID right off the bat. Right, right. So we want to encourage Rattler Nation to, to get out and support our teams uh, this weekend. Uh, one, of the, one of the initiatives that you have uh, that your program is a part of coach is the uh, coaching for literacy, or I should I'd rather in association with coaching for literacy, uh, your program, our women's program and Florida state men's program are part of a uh, initiative called hashtag fight for literacy. Tell us a little bit of more, tell us a little bit more about that and how you, uh, got involved in that program with uh, with our women's program, and then with uh, with uh, a coach over at uh, Florida State. Well, first of all, I think anytime uh, you have an opportunity to to uh, assist or help uh, for any any worthwhile endeavor, we 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 like to think that. Uh, that's part of what we want to stand for. And I, I think it's one of the things during my tenure here that I really, really emphasized, and that is the importance of giving, giving back service to others. I just think that's a lesson that will serve all of us throughout our lifetime. And so there's nothing, very few things I can think of that's more important than literacy. And you're talking things just right here in our own backyard, our own, in our own city. And so, even even those efforts are somewhat restricted because of COVID. You know, I, I still find myself being a lot more guarded uh, in terms of uh, accepting invitations to get out simply because the most important thing for us to do is to try and keep everybody healthy and safe. And uh, because just in the last, you know, three or four weeks, this, this, this Omicron uh, variant is just uh, proven to be, uh, you know, more impactful than, than anyone perhaps anticipated. But but we we really embrace the opportunity to assist and help uh, through through literacy. And uh, again, it's something that we we uh, we're, we're pleased to do. And I think every little bit helps. And uh, we'll we'll be announcing. We've our players have already agreed to take part in another uh, endeavor. It's called Scouting and Scavenging. And it's a, it's a program whereby when you go uh, stay at a hotel, you those are shamp- bottles of shampoo and lotion, conditioner, and soap. We get all of the extras that we can. And we uh, bring them back. And this was started through uh, a guy that's actually works in the Milwaukee Bucks organization. They in turn will find, will partner with local uh, uh, organizations here who help who help the homeless. And so at the end of the year, we'll present all of these toiletries that we've collected to 
to various homeless uh, people here in Tallahassee. And we're going to take it throughout the athletic department because I think it's something that uh, could be a big, uh, a great help. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelvin, what, what else you got for Coach? Coach, so um, talk about uh, where is your team? You mentioned some of the challenges over the last two, three weeks with cancellations and so forth. Uh, as of right now, going into the first home game, uh, what's the mindset of the team uh, and, 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 and uh, the health of the team and, and, and uh, what can we expect to see? Uh, this weekend? Well, I think we're in a much better place, Kelvin, than, than we were in uh, on Monday. And of course, uh, so we, we returned for 6 p.m. practice on the 26th. And so and we had one player that began to, uh, you know, he became dizzy and stomach. And so he just had these symptoms so quickly we you know, took him out of practice and then Saturday morning there were a couple of guys tested positive then Tuesday. And then so I think I think it happened so quickly to so many players. I think it, it kind of stalled a lot of guys. And then once we just shut everything down for 48 hours. So it, it really you could you could sort of tell that. Uh, you know, things weren't normal. And so, you know, hopefully now that we've, you know, we have a game on our belt. And the thing that we said to guys, listen, we told them up front, we're not going to make excuses. We're not going to uh, use those as reasons we get beat or not play well because it's, at Florida State went 15 days without playing. So I, it's, I hate to say it, throughout the course of the season, you know, <coughs> every, every team is going to be impacted by it. So I fully expect, anticipate that our team uh, would be back close to, you know, to full speed. And, of course, a couple of the guys that played against Bethune, they, too, were just coming off. Uh, they were just clear the day before. So they only had one day to practice, you know, for, for Bethune. So, again, I expect that we'd be closer uh, to full strength uh, than, than we were for Bethune and hopefully closer to to the way we were, we we actually we didn't win a game on that on that road swing, but we actually played uh, some very good basketball at at Akron. Cincinnati was a game that we Cincinnati and Miami were the two games where we really uh, just didn't play well at all. But we played very well against a very good Santa Clara team, as well as uh, a very good NCAA tournament team last year with most of the team back in uh, in Cal Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. As you know, as you know, Kelvin, the students will be back. We anticipate having the band uh, there uh, performing, uh, adding to the atmosphere, and uh, I, I'm, I'm confident that our guys will be ready to play. All right, all right, Kofi. To that, Coach. So let's talk recruitment a little bit because. Um, you know, obviously it's recruitment season for football, but talk about the probability of an HBCU landing a Fab Five class like Michigan landed. You know, with everything that Dion has done, 
regarding HBCUs and recruiting your five-star athletes, your four-star athletes, your three-star athletes. And we've seen a surge with a lot of those athletes looking to return to HBCUs. What's the probability now uh, in terms of the climate of our ability to maybe recruit uh, a, five, a Fab Five class like the University of Michigan had? Well, let, let, let's, uh, let's, let's back up a moment. I think, I think it's more realistic that an HBCU can land a five-star player. To, to land a class like with the Fab Five, I don't know how realistic that is at all. I think you, you're only seeing two, maybe three, but for the most part, you're not seeing more than a couple of teams land in that caliber class, uh, that being a Duke or a Kentucky. And even in the last three years or so, Kentucky hadn't landed that caliber class. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that to, to get – Is that due to the uh, NBA or is that just the it, averages? Well, it's what? just – well, you know, recruiting is never an exact science. And so a lot of time, regardless whether they're one star, two, three, or five stars, players don't always turn out to be what you anticipate. And then those guys that you you rank low, they turn out to be a whole lot better. Just like in the NBA and NFL, not all of the first-round draft picks succeed. Look at how what the Cleveland Browns are right now with the first overall pick in Baker Mayfield. And so we noticed that they haven't given him that max deal. Yet there are other players in that same class that he came out. They've got max deals. I mean, I could give you hundreds of examples that it's not an exact science. So, you know, not all guys are going to reach that in one year, you know. And so the one and done thing is so popular. So a lot of players that come in with their mind made up, they're going to leave after a year, and they're not ready to leave after a year. And so they end up paying a price for that. So, but I think I think uh, landing a five star, a four star, a, a couple, I think that can happen. But an entire Fab Five, I don't know that that's realistic. You know, at at all. Keep in mind, last year Howard landed a five star player. And unfortunately for them, he he suffered an early season injury. It wasn't a season-ending injury, but he suffered an early season injury. He missed a couple of games. And then Howard went on to cancel the season because of COVID. And then he, in turn, entered his name into the draft. Uh, Norfolk State had a four-star player on their team last year. Of course, they had a veteran team around him, so you could not tell – you couldn't see Bob White. You can tell he's a four-star player. You really couldn't, not last year, because of the experience they had sort of overshadowed. And when you're playing uh, with guys that are 21, 22, 23, 24 years of age, you're 18, 19. That's a big, big difference. And, uh, but I, but I, I do think, just like you've seen in football, I think uh, – We'll, we'll begin to attract, you know, some of those caliber players. We actually, 
were, you know, had a number of conversations and, and uh, Zoom meetings with, with uh, one kid from Jacksonville. His parents were, were FAMU grads. And we felt good about the direction of things, but he chose LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, 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 we'll land one, you know, here or there. And I think once you do that, and then he has some success, I think that will, that could very well get the ball rolling. All right. Awesome. Hey coach, before we let you go, uh, our producer, AD Drew wanted to get a question in for you. Sure. AD. Well, I'm not sure he's there. You're proud of running the board. Well, yeah, I should have told him, AD, you should have sent me a text for it. Um, but again, uh, let's remind everybody, Saturday, uh, our men take uh, take on Southern University, 4 o'clock Eastern time in the Lawson Center. First SWAC home game. We have to pack the pit. So everybody, if you're watching the show, watching the show, make sure you, if you're in Tallahassee, if you're in near Tallahassee, if you're an hour within Tallahassee radius, get to the Lawson Center. Check out the women's game right off the big win against BCU uh, on uh, the other night. Uh, that's a two o'clock, and then stick around for the men's game. The hundred will be in the house. It'll be a packed house. Good environment. Let's let these Jaguars know how we do it on the basketball season. And then on Monday night, let's let the Tigers of Grambling know what they got to deal with. Let's just send Louisiana back home with two L's. That's what we want to do. So that's uh, that's what we got <laughs> planned. So, uh, Coach, we appreciate your time. As always, thank you this evening. Good luck this weekend. And uh, you and the fellas, stay safe. And uh, hopefully we, we can make it through this season with no interruptions. Well, I certainly hope so. And thanks again. I really enjoy you guys having me on. And uh, and hopefully we can we can talk again soon. And uh, you guys just stay tuned. There's a big announcement that's coming out uh, regarding our game against Texas Southern, I think the Ooh. first weekend in, in February. Ooh, do, do we need to bring the ONG show to Tallahassee? Uh, Kelvin, you need to look into that. You might need to get on the phone with Coach afterwards. And uh, if we need to get on the road and come to Tallahassee, I, I'm ready. To, I, can, I, can, I can be there. And I know I know Kofi's there every weekend. So I will be there, Coach, if we need to be there. Well, well, oh, you, you know you're dealing with a wealth of experience and, and contact. <laughs> so not going to take Kevin. He's not going to have too much uh, difficulty in – and gaining information. <laughs> well said. Well said. All right, Coach. Hey, have a good evening. Thanks again for your time. Good luck. Go Rattlers. We'll see you. Uh, be safe out there, and let's get two Ws this weekend. Go Rattlers. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Yes, sir. All right, thanks, we'll be back. We'll, be we'll be thanks. back. Let's, talk soon. let's talk soon, Kelvin. You're okay. watching the ONG right. Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment.
you're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. Make sure everybody everybody's in place now because you fell out the chair there for a second there. Uh, <laughs> and of course, y'all can hear me now. There he is, the Just voice. Just want to let now, now we can we hear our producer Yeah, I'll fix it. Sigma too late. Back to the show. Thank you, sir. Uh, welcome back to the OG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi. Uh, make sure to uh, like and subscribe. Go share the show. Let another Rattler know. Don't be. Don't be stingy with this great show that we got going on here. And all the guests, we got Coach Robert McCullum join, joining the show to start the year. But we've had all the coaches, all the coaches. We've even had a few players come on. So uh, let let a Rattler know. Let a friend know uh, about this show. Every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time on the Black College Sports Network. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. If you got any questions, send it to our Gmail address down there, ongstrikezone at gmail.com. All right, fellas, I want to get into something for a second, which I saw our head coach post out. There's a little bit of controversy going on right now regarding, uh, you know, this is that season where two things are happening in college football. Of course, you got the recruiting season going on for your current teams, but you also have that that bowl season, draft eligible, combines, camps. It's that season where you start looking at which guys will potentially have an opportunity to play at the next level. And so one of those methods by which uh, the evaluations happen are at these uh, college bowl games, all-star games. Uh, of course, 
very well known is the uh, HBCU Legacy Bowl, which the Black College Football Hall of Fame is sponsoring. Um, there are several Rattlers, a few Rattlers. I mean, there's an all-star list of who's who that will be participating. I know we've got Bishop Bonnet participating in this. Keenan Forbes is participating. Jay Jackson Williams, Derek Merriweather uh, just recently accepted an invite. Xavier Smith, I believe Xavier Smith is still in this. Um, I just saw another announcement today by another Rattler. Um, if any of you guys saw who that was and let me know, I appreciate it. Actually, I saw it on the HBCU Legacy Bowl uh, Twitter feed. It was, oh, Jalen Spady. Jalen Spady accepted the invite. I already mentioned Derek Merriweather. Uh, so, you know, those are the guys who are participating in that. But, the, you know, the more traditional or popular bowls, and, and this is because they involve a lot of seniors from not only the Power 5 programs, but a few FCSs. You've got the Reese Senior Bowl, which takes place in Mobile, Alabama. And then you also have the uh, NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. The NFLPA is the NFL Players Association Collegiate Bowl, uh, which will be in its 10th year. And that touts itself as the premier postseason all-star game for any draft-eligible college football player. Now, I, I think, uh, well, it's in there like the blue-gray, and there's a couple other more well I don't want to say well-known, but at least they've been around for a while. I know the blue-gray was one of them. Uh, any other any other bowls that you can think of, guys, that sort of had some longevity, some cachet to them? That's, yeah, it was East an East-West Shrine. Shrine game. Yeah, that's another one. Um, but, I, you know, I think recently the, the Reese's has always been out there as one of the uh, – well-known bowls and so i and i and i know i know guys only try to play in maybe one or two of these because i mean let's be real there is a factor where you you don't think like this but let's be real they are playing a game and something could happen so while you're trying to showcase your skills to stats most guys usually choose one or the other you don't see guys especially at the upper levels playing in two or three bowl games or all-star games you're going to go to one bowl game and that'll probably be it you maybe go to a second one but usually it's like you pick one and that's the one you go to well um coach simmons created a kicked up a little dust uh the other day when he kind of tweeted out uh his disbelief and let me see if we've got that uh graphic up Coach Simmons had uh, tweeted out a little bit of disbelief in the fact that, as uh, his tweet reads, um, Coach said, I'm still baffled as to why FAMU football defensive back Marquise Bell at Marquise B hasn't been invited to the Reese's at Senior Bowl, exclamation point. Not only is he an amazing football player, He's a phenomenal young man, a devoted grandson, and a recent college graduate. I may be biased, but if there's better, I want to see him. Hmm. Well, uh, that created a little bit of interesting reply from one Jim Nagy, who uh, is the executive director of the Reese Senior Bowl. 
uh, also touts himself as uh, an ESPN NFL draft draft analyst, an 18-year NFL scout, a six-time Super Bowl participant, four-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, he replied, and I don't know, Drew. Do we have these? Do we have these graphics? I I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm reading them, but I'm hoping you have them. Um, so Jim Nagy replied, uh, sorry, you felt the need to address this on social media. I have friends on your staff that you could have gotten my contact info from our job is select to select the best of the best from across CFB at any level for the NFL to evaluate. And we take that responsibility seriously, uh, to which, uh, a few, Rattlers and, and folks kind of chimed in, but I found one particular reply from Mr. Nagy quite interesting. Um, and it was in response to um, if uh, so, someone had said, So you couldn't hit the staff up and ask who y'all got, or is it that on the coaches to do so? Nagy replied, We went and watched FAMU live and have seen. Six plus games on tape this past or the past two years. Bell was our player of the week one time this fall. He wasn't overlooked. Gentlemen, uh, and there you go. You can see the uh the the tweets there by Coach Simmons. And then of course the reply, the main derive uh reply is to the left, and then of course a reply to someone else's comments is to the right. Uh what's your thought on this? Uh uh, Kelvin, I'll start with you and come over to Kofi. Uh, did, did, did coach kick up a little bit of dust? Is uh, what, what are your thoughts on Mr. Nagy's response to it? Sometimes you have to kick up dust. You know, um, you, you know, a lot goes into who gets selected to those premium showcase games, right? And and um, yeah, they they looking for the best of the best. And they also, you know, catering to the power five. Let's face it, right? Um, they want the folks who got the big names, been on the big stages, you know. Uh, and um, so so it ain't just about, about talent. Talent is a part of the equation. But there, 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 there is uh, some gamesmanship in terms of uh, um, competition, visibility, exposure, you know, what programs you you had and so forth. So how you get attention sometimes, you kick up dust. <laughs> uh, I don't think anything that uh, Coach said was, was wrong. Um, there ain't no reason why that Marquis shouldn't be invited to, to, to the league bowl. He's an elite player. And he has the numbers and the uh, – and the uh, longevity to back it up, right? Plus, he came mm-hmm. out of high school as an elite athlete already, as opposed to he was at a Power Five program uh, prior to coming here. So he meets all the criteria, um, and it would bode well for the Senior Bowl if. Uh, they uh, made a roster spot available for someone of his caliber because he's earned it. His numbers say he earned it. If you look at the games against uh, South Florida, um, the, the, the NCAA playoff game, 
Marquise was clearly the best player on the field. Uh, so, you know, he, he shows up against elite competition and so forth. So I, I like a coach sticking up for his program and his players. And I know the players appreciate it too. What are your thoughts, uh, Kofi? A to the man. <laughs> you know, uh, Marquise, the first time that I saw Marquise um, suit up for the orange and green, there was a clear difference um, with his speed. I want to say his football IQ and the way that he responded to the ball. He was clearly the best player on our defense. I want to say back in 2018, that was, or was that 2019? 2019. 2019. He was clearly the best player on our defense. And the hits, he made one spectacular hit every single game that we played at. So Coach Simmons did absolutely right. He was absolutely right. And within his boundaries, he did not disrespect the organization and called them a bunch of blah, 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 blah. He didn't call any names. He just said it's absurd and it's crazy. And he was disappointed, you know, just putting it out there that he just couldn't see how, you know, this young man could be overlooked. And I think that, you know, it's not pulling the race card in this in this instant. Um, mm -hmm. It's calling a spade a spade and letting them know, don't overlook us. You know, especially when we got somebody that can, is clearly going to do it. That being said, Marquise is going to play at the next level. So I'm excited to see that. You know, when I went and, uh, you know, because of what was said, I, I had to go do a dig here at the current accepted invites for this 2022 Senior Bowl. And I'm looking at the list of DBs. And uh, you, you surprisingly, you have one HBCU player, actually Joshua Williams from Fayetteville State, was actually uh, invited as a defensive back. And then if I go to non-power fives, uh, you've got one defensive back from Sam Houston, one from Toledo, one from UTSA. Uh, so essentially – you have a one Division two player, one. I guess you're going to. We can still count Sam Houston as an FCS, although next year they won't be. Uh, U, but UTSA and Toledo, I think those are. Uh, they are FBS, FBS, but they're like Power Five, or no, Group of Five. Group so, Five. Yeah. So essentially, that entire. And then when I go down and look at HBCU guys, I don't see any. I don't see another senior, um, you know, I, as you said, mostly a showcase. You see a lot of power five guys. And, and you know, there's one thing about the Reese Senior Bowl that'll, that sticks a crawl and, and maybe just the whole process for me is I recall, was it last year? Um, you know, last year, of course, this, the, the draft where no HBCU players got drafted. But at the Reese Senior Bowl, Grambling, a Grambling offensive lineman, who was, I think he won the won one of their awards for like the best offensive lineman in there. Literally, he was named one of the top offensive linemen at the Reese Senior Bowl. Doesn't get drafted. 
I, I, I'm just, I was, I was dumbfounded. And, and to me, that kind of shook a little bit of the credibility of the Reese senior bowl, in my opinion, because I'm like, wait a minute, you've got a guy who was supposed to be as voted on by everyone who was there. One of the best, but somehow he didn't make it into the draft, not even in the seventh round. Um, so, you know, uh, Reese's apparently, uh, they have, they're a part of, they're doing an HBCU combine. The Reese's senior bowl HBCU combine is going to be January 28th through the 30th. Um, you know, now again, we, we get into talking about combines and things of that nature. And, and we've heard, and I kind of, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of agree with coach prime and his thought that, you know, why give, why give us something separate? from everybody else you know so uh but you know good for marquise because marquise is actually going to a one of the premier bowls and and drew if you got that graphic up because marquise is actually going to be participating in the nfl pa collegiate bowl and um you know so that that bowl which will be on january 29th plays in the Rose Bowl and uh Jeff Fisher Marvin Lewis are two of the main coaches for that um I, I do recall I think uh who was the wide there was a wide receiver from Tennessee State um and there you can see that you know Marquise signed up to be a part of the Collegiate Bowl so although we won't be watching the Reese's Senior Bowl we will be watching Marquise on January 29th in the NFL PA collegiate bowl, which, uh, you know, in just the 10 years, this bowl has spotlighted quite a few guys that are going, uh, that are, are in the NFL, uh, currently. Uh, so, so it's a great, it's a great opportunity for, uh, for Marquise. Definitely. Agreed. Um, and I, I trust yeah. the coaches. I, I trust the NFL. They they know who got NFL talent. So you get selected to that 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 type of showcase with NFL coaches or former NFL coaches. Then um, I, I'm not I'm not sure if he get the better the better of the deal anyway. <laughs> Plus he get to go to right. California versus uh, Bama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk. Let's uh, let's uh, let's catch up on the breaks for a second, and come back and kind of talk about some of the future plans around Florida A and M. Uh, some some things that uh, that you spotlighted, Kelvin, and kind of our discussions kind of offline. But let's see if we can get into a little bit of that here coming up after the uh, the break. So we'll take a break. Come back right after these words. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard. 
as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. There's a shot. shot so that right. might be. It could be. Right field. Grand slam. What a shot. That's how you get hot, young fella. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do and all you guys at BCSN. We really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. I get the now bar, please. One dollar. Have a good one. Got it. Hey, what's going on? Hey. Let me get a now bar. Sure. One dollar. Appreciate you. Got it. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. You see, Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working. It's like a loot machine. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi here. Um, we asked you guys uh, at the beginning of the show to let us know your top moments from 2021 as we move into the new year. Some interesting responses, some things that maybe I didn't think of, but definitely would go down as moments. John Taylor says, Gentle Hunt touchdown at the Florida Classic and the 100 still playing on time. God. Definitely, definitely one of those moments. Um, let's see what else. Uh, any other? Uh, I see Dwayne, Dwayne Sweet, of course. The distraction committee got another good vote. Uh, also said just in general that third quarter of the uh, of the Florida Classic, something we'll never forget. Um, I'll you know what I'll throw in there that uh, Alabama A and M game and just the the bust out eighty yard run by Bishop Bonnet. I mean, if we, if we did a poll on best play of the season, that play come next to gentle hunt 
that'll be a that'll be a tough call for a lot of people. What was your best play of the year? General Hunt touchdown uh with the hundred playing on time God or just Bishop Bonnet's eighty yard touchdown winning run. Uh that that'll be uh make for some interesting conversation. We might put that up. I would say bishops because you know, just general the game had already been decided when uh general went down the field. General's stuff was just like the icing on the cake. We were still behind when Bishop made that run. You know, the momentum had shifted, but uh Alabama AM had just uh gone for it, I think, on fourth down and they missed it. The guy dropped the ball and uh we took over and then on the first play, you know, you're thinking that, you know, we're probably going to throw, but coach man just dialed up a run play that was extremely explosive. And he not only did it that game, he did it against Mississippi Valley the mm-hmm. following week. Cause we had fallen behind in that darn game, you know, Bishop, you know, managed to um, bring us back in and take us over the top. So without question, yeah. I, I don't know, you know, just going into the 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 football banquets, but Bishop for me was definitely the MVP this year. Yeah, you, you guys send us your thoughts out there. ONG strike zone at gmail.com, plays of the year, uh moments of the year, most valuable female, most valuable male of the year. Let us know. We'll read some of those off next year. Uh, or not next year, next week, not next year, next week, uh, or <laughs> next week's show. But let's forward, let's move forward and kind of talk a little bit about what's ahead uh, because 2022 is here uh, and it's an, ex, you know, an exciting time, but it also has some interesting uh, potential speed bumps, just things that we have to maneuver over well. So, so Kelvin, kind of take us down the road of uh, – what are some things that we should be paying attention to or, or what are some things that are happening uh, around the Rattler athletic program uh, for 2022? So the uh, athletic department uh, released some things in terms of what's happening with facilities. And it got me to thinking about something coach um, Simmons said to a question I posed them on the last show in December, which uh, how do you know how do we take all this positive uh, branding and marketing and success, the winning that we've had uh, with uh, top tier athletes and coaches, considering HBCUs and coming to HBCUs now, and how do how do we keep it from being just a moment and actually being a movement? And Coach talked about the importance of the facilities piece. Um, and, of course, I'm, I'm a little partial to that, given my background. And so what they announced, um, the athletic department, they announced about, uh, of course, uh, a deal with Dactronics, in which we'll be getting new uh, video boards and sound systems uh, for uh, Gaitha and Lawson. And um, I also know we'll we'll be getting a, a new video board for the Bragg Stadium, um, and that's that's significant. That's important. We also are 
because of our our um our uh, sponsorship and uh, agreement with uh, LeBron and Nike, uh, we're branding both courts. Uh, so uh, they they have a rendering of what the courts look like with the uh, LBJ logo, and um, of course the Fisher Athletic uh, the Rattlehead uh, logo. On, on the, which, as you know, right now in Lawson, we have the old core rattler uh, there. So, so um, I, I think um, the renderings are very professional. They look good. Uh, it's important the, the the brand. So, so all of those things help us move from being a moment to a movement. Also, with baseball, they have uh, we, we we redid the turf field uh at the softball complex a couple of years ago and so now we're looking to do the same thing at the baseball um field uh right now because the project hadn't started uh i think the decision was made that they were going to do do the infield uh this this prior to the season and they would uh complete the project after the season is over with uh we have to see if if that works, that schedule works, uh, or they may have to push that out until the season over with. But we do know we'll be getting a new turf field for the baseball program. And then we all know that uh, the project at Bragg Stadium with the west side is uh, started. They, I think they've removed all the bleachers out already, and um, they'll, they'll continue with demolition. And uh, we'll have a, a new press box as well as uh, new infrastructure in terms of sound and and video and seating uh, from steel to aluminum, which is lower maintenance. You won't have to about you won't have to worry about painting and and so forth. You can just pretty much pressurize most most of the time and and uh, uh, you know that kind of stage we saw with what happened with the student section on the on the east side. It makes for a a, not only aesthetically a better viewing um, experience and seating experience for the fans, but it also makes for a, a better fan environment. Uh, when you start stumping on on that aluminum, and and you know uh, the uh, Central Florida, they call their stadium the bounce house because literally when they jumping up and down and going at it over there, uh, it feel like you're bouncing. Um, so. I just think all of those kind of improvements are necessary, and it's an ongoing thing. It can't be just okay. We're gonna do this and think that's that that's the blueprint. And we have a campus master plan, and in 2018 it was approved by the board of trustees. And with that, they had a P3, uh, which is phase three. Uh, Athletics was it was phase three of that P3. We're in phase two right now. Phase one was the dorms that were just open in the cafeteria uh, that was just open um, near Palmetto. And uh, phase two, which is uh, the net phase of those dorms, are starting, are getting ready to start now, sometime in the spring. And then from there, there is a phase three. And it's really auxiliary and athletics related. And I think it's really important that uh, 
we follow that. We we see what happens when you invest in the facilities. You look at the CAS building um, for academics and 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 how well received that was. Uh, you look at Will Packer Amphitheater. Um, you, you you know and how 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 that branding that opportunity building that facility uh and brought espn and uh, and, and and a lot of um notoriety and uh sponsorships knight foundation and uh of course will himself uh so having new and elite facilities brings a, a lot of opportunity and it also uh keeps your brand um fresh innovative uh people when people feel good about you and you're looking good then um they'll support you so so as we continue to make these improvements i think it's really important that uh we can we talk about going to the next level right we're at a place where we can potentially do that uh having an athletic complex uh specific and then then those auxiliaries around it hotel um retail chain restaurants that generate revenue potentially year round if you look at and we don't have to go far to see the 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 uh fruits of of investing that kind of investment all you gotta do is look at college town look at gang streets you remember when we were all in school that was a bunch of warehouses and old old stuff and 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 now you know there's not a square inch that's not developed the last little plot of land they did have uh, that was great. They're getting ready to, to build some some more student housing and retail opportunities. Uh, so uh, you look at the Hyatt House Hotel where the coaching show was done. Uh, hadn't been open in about a year. It already sold way above uh, market value. Wow. So there, there's a lot of opportunity for us to um generate revenue for our athletic program because we got to continue to invest and we got to expand and, and but in order to do that we have to have facilities that that allow you every opportunity to do that I, you think about the uh turf field when we got it in 2000 i think it was 17. uh we talked about bringing in um high school uh tournaments and it will be a general a revenue generator. And sure enough, we had several uh, high school programs that played on that turf. Um, uh, we had also had whole Leon County um, in the spring play uh, in surrounding counties played the spring jamboree. All twelve area teams participated in that. Um, so so, and they had a choice. They could have played at a uh, um capital stadium which has a similar turf service we have but they wanted to come to our they said we want to be in the college environment we like feel and so forth and as you know we have several players uh from from local teams uh who experienced that and end up playing for, for the rattlers so so there's there's just a bunch of advantages and um so i'm, I'm hopeful and optimistic that we will really continue to push the envelope and 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 be forward thinking and make these kind of investments and follow through with that uh the p3 to phase three once we finish phase two kofi Absolutely. uh what so, do you want to add 
Well, I wanted to ask um, Mr. Rosier because it's been a, I want to say an ongoing topic. One, with the phase that we're in in regards to Bragg Stadium, what are we getting for fall 2022? Well, essentially, it's, it's going to be pretty much the where stands will be replaced uh, completely, as well as the uh, press box. Um, I, I think they still find they've just finished finalizing uh, what that looks like, they, you know. But um, I, I think it, it it'll just be more stands and uh you know, a, a, a two-story press box that meets current code, uh, you know, ADA and so forth. Um, but it's not going to be next level, right? It, it, it'll bring it's us to what we should have been. the other press box we had? Yes, uh, it's going to be ADA compliant. So, you know, when you upgrade or replace, you have to come to current code. So, you know, you know, it has to be wider. You know, doors have to have wider access. Um and so forth, uh, things that were grandfathered in and taken for granted in that old press box, uh, <laughs> and um, so so yeah, it's it, a it, 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 it'll be professional and it, it, it'll be nice, uh, um, but it won't be a P three, and so I I don't want folks to to you know the thing about when you invest in facilities now it's not about just being, you know, stadiums. The concept of stadiums is 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 is, is a old model. So now you got to think in terms of multi-purpose facilities, because again, you want to generate money year-round. So so you, you you you're thinking about things in which you can host different type of events, and 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 um, and even at Florida State, right? They they're they're you you think of what they did with their end zone and the champions club yeah. end zone seat but they made it a premium area that has uh food and drinks and so forth and and, and club seating but uh also if you you know for those who like to sit outside and and still get the atmosphere of the game you know they have a uh, uh stand seating so so that is the model. That's where athletics is going at, at every level, from from high well, school to uh, pros. So, well, I mean, I can that's, that's the goal. The fact, I can, you know, I can attest to the fact that obviously, um, at Florida State University, that whole end zone section, they have a, is it like a convention center of some sort? Um, I know that they have a banquet room where a number of local organizations host um, events in there. They throw parties, uh, which is catered by Florida State. I've been to several birthday parties and several um, major events in that particular building. So, you know, that's an opportunity for FAMU to make additional money provided that something like that goes up. So P3, what does it stand for? You know, we've heard that term thrown around, P3. What does it stand for? It's called it's public-private partnership. And um, it's not a new concept. It's been around a lot. 
in the earlier stages, it it dealt, you know, um, it dealt more with dorms, um, auxiliaries, and so forth. But you know, fam, you actually did an ITN invitation to negotiate to see the the gauge the interest, uh, and respondents could have uh, bid it on entire all three phases or just one specific phase, and we actually had a response. Uh, responded sporty uh, athletic phase three side of the auxiliary side of that and um, to include financing so if the private sector said they willing to build and put the money in um, obviously they've done their homework because these projects typically are hundreds of millions of dollars uh, then you know if they put their money into it obviously um, they, they think there's a good chance of them getting their return on investment on that. And it's just a, a good way when you don't have the finances yourself to uh, get ahead of the game or to get in the game in our case. So, uh, okay. so, but, but that's what it stands for pub public private partnership. Okay. So under a public private partnership, if family was to get a new stadium, what would be the risk that fam you would be taking to get a new stadium? Well, the the the, the board of governors and uh, and um, all the governing bodies, as well as the university themselves, they have a set of rules specifically for public private partnerships. Um, almost every dorm and and auxiliary facility. Uh, at all the universities in the state of Florida right now, public and private, have been built with some kind of a public-private partnership. It's like I say, it's, so there, there's already rules and guidelines in, in order to um, enter into agreement that that is already laid out. So that that minimizes any risk, so to speak, right? Um, there's different ways you can negotiate financially, you know, not to get in the weeds too much, but I mean, there's everything from land swaps to, to, uh, 40 year, um, 40, 50 year, um, um, uh, buyouts, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, you know, it's not something that should be feared or intimidated, like I say, it's, it's very common. And um, and and if you can't raise the money outright yourself, it's, it's a way of not having to use your own bonding rating and, and your um, and, um, capacity and, 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 and tying up resources that, that could be used elsewhere. So it, it, it's, it's a good option. Right. Hey, so um, through the public, go ahead. No, no, no. Go, go ahead, Kofi. Go ahead. Continue. So through a public-private partnership in phase three, they have FAMU uh, is is largely I want to say geared towards FAMU athletics. Um, so what would FAMU athletics get out of that third phase? Well, the the initial um, when the ITN went out, they they had uh, options in there that that included 
a lot. You know, it included a stadium, it included a practice field. How many? How many people parking. did the stadium seat? Uh, I think in, in in initial plans, it was somewhere around thirty five thousand. Um, through the negotiation process, so forth, it may be a little smaller. It it, it might be more feasible to be thirty. But you know, all that happens during during the negotiation process. But it was thirty five thousand. Um, it had, it included you know uh, athletic complex that uh, would house kind of what the CAS building does for the regular student for the student body in terms of uh, all these student support services. Where the the, the the athletic building would be the same way for the athletes, where you know they can get all their treatment, their nutrition, their training, the weights. Um, all the support type things that are as important um, for student athletes to be successful um, in in their chosen endeavor. So, and, and most universities have it. Of course, you know, BCU built one. Um, in what they opened theirs in like 2012, uh, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's probably the nicest building on their campus. So. Uh, uh, Tennessee State has one, uh, uh, and along with the indoor practice facility, they've had it for a while. So, so it, it included all those things along with the minutes you expect. If you're gonna uh, build something, you want to build something that gives us premium experience. So you're talking RV parking, uh, options for hotel, on-site, uh, retail space, food service space, and the key to those last four auxiliary things is that. Again, instead of you talking four four games a year, these things will be open every day and and opportunities to to generate revenue for for the university and athletics all year round. And something that happened that people don't understand, like the Lawson Center, it has an educational mission. It is a shared place. It also has a auxiliary function outside of athletics, where it's event space. So when all that's happening, the student athletes a lot of times don't have access. There's a reason why the basketball teams have to practice at five in the morning, six in the morning, uh, mm. because classes happen between seven and four, uh, and, and you want to minimize that impact. And then you know when homecoming or events happen, and they got to set up in these multiple days. I mean, they don't have any access at all. So um, to get to that next level, um, I think. Uh, Athletes going to have kind of have to have their con- more control uh, over um, their facilities. Mm-hmm. Let me, uh, as we get ready to wrap up today's show, let me kind of run cra- uh, rapid fire at you guys with a couple things. What is something going into this year, 2022, that uh, you're expecting to see? whether it be FAMU Athletics or a particular team build upon going into 2022? I'll start with you, Kofi. Well, I want to see – I want to see – I want to see the the benefits of what was sold in 2021. So what I want to see is we had a great recruitment year in 2019 – we had a great recruitment year in 2020 and also 2021. So for the football team, I want to see us take that next step in 2022. So I'm so excited about what is to come on uh, February the 2nd. 
uh, as well as just leading up to the fall football camp, who Coach Simmons and his staff are going to be able to sign for uh, this 2022 version of the family football team. Not only that, I want to see us, of course, beat Jackson State. Um, we beat Jackson State. That'll be a big relief in uh, on social media, and it'll be a big relief in my family because <laughs> I got a whole bunch of family members that went to Jackson State University. So Coach Simmons beat Jackson State. All right. Um, I want to see us build on our baseball momentum. I want to see us win the SWAT, you know, at least finish top two or three. But, hey, I want to see us win it. I want to see softball dominate. I want to see um, – I want to see volleyball repeat. I want to see, you know, all of our sports do well. Women's tennis. Uh, and I want to see us with our game day operations just really take what was learned in 2021 and take it to the next dimension and level. All right. What about you, Kelvin? That was really good, Kofi. I, I, I agree. Most of those things I, I would have mentioned, uh, I'd be a little more succinct. Leave no doubt. I love that moniker. I hope we stick with it and leave no doubt in every phase. Athletics, uh, I want us to win SWAT championships in multiple sports. Uh, be dominant, right? I want the Rattler pride and arrogance to be on full blast, right? On 100. And so, uh, and, and, and um, other than dominating the SWAT, I want to see um, vision. Um, right now, there's a lot of good stuff happening, a lot of momentum, and I, I, I don't want it to be a moment. I want it to be a movement. So I, I want to see uh, leadership continue to lead, get better, um, and, and, and execute at a high level. Uh, good points. Good points, both of you. I, I think for me, I'm going to go – to the financial aspects of things. You know, as I saw and thought about that strike tour of 2021 raising half a million dollars. A mill. I wonder, well, yes, yes. This year, more importantly, and I think it's when, when, we, when we, and you brought, I think what I saw in kind of a little bit of what you were talking about, Kelvin, but even when you were mentioning uh, and some of the some of the texts that you were sending that we were doing off air, but um, looking back at, uh, we, we've heard Coach Simmons say this on a couple of different occasions about the importance of the field house, going all the way back to the Kevon Thibodeau when he came to FAMU, we took him everywhere but the field house, and I was just reading an article by Jamel Hill in the Atlantic. And I don't know if I just stumbled across this or one of you guys sent it to me. Um, but I, I would suggest you go and all of you go check out Jamel Hill's recent article in the Atlantic, where she talks about uh, HBCU players just deciding that, Hey, it's time to go home. It's time to go. It's time for black collegiate players to go to HBCUs. And she did start by talking about the Kevon, uh, Thibodeau trip to Florida A&M, which then brought me to what Coach Simmons said about the field house. And yes, we've made improvements to the field house. But also, as we're in this P3 stage, 
the field house is sort of the last thing uh, or, or just the, the last portion of things. Uh, I'm looking to see where is our big time booster or group of boosters? When are they going to pony up, stick their name on the side of a building and come up with the multi-millions of dollars that is out there, I'm sure, by somebody. I don't know who it is, but who's going to step forward and put that money down so that we can get that brand new field house? I, great. I, I know it's the uh, uh, Gallimore Powell Field House, uh, if I have that name correct. But if said booster comes through, with a couple, several million dollars to drop on a new field house, I bet you his name will be on that field house. And rightfully, it should be. And so that's where I think FAMU is at that point of saying, you know, let's go. When you look at, for example, I look at what Southern has, uh, what they did in their stadium. Look at Prairie View. It's time for a FAMU booster, a FAMU alum, somebody with some money to step forward in 2022 and drop a dime on the program. And I'm not talking 10 cents, $10, 10,000. I'm talking that other, that next level dime on FAMU athletics. It's time. It's time. I, you know, I don't know Well, you guys keep playing the Powerball and, uh, and the other scratch off. And, uh, and, and, and <laughs> I know one of you Rattlers out there, if you hit it, I know you're going to drop a dime on the athletic program. Cause heck, I know I would, but uh, let's just say none of us hit it. Somebody out there has the money to drop down on getting that. But I, but I think that's where I, I'm, I'm looking to see, can we leverage all of this that we've talked about in getting that person? You know, because um, I worry about how many different campaigns we're going to have. We have need in the band. The band needs a campaign. Uh, all of our sports programs need a campaign. We need a campaign for this, campaign for that. We've got to raise money for that. Raise. So, so, okay. Okay. We need somebody to come drop some money down on FAMU Athletics. Make it rain on us. That's all. That's what I'm looking for in 2022. So that's my, <laughs> that's, that's my wish. All right, so hey, uh, hey, hey, they got they got a new uh, they got a new tagline, Kobe. Make it rain on us. <laughs> <laughs> love it, I love it. There it is. All right, that's that's gonna do it for the show tonight. Ready for that one, buddy? Wait, look, stop. Hey, uh. <laughs> Uh, thank you for everybody who's been watching. Some uh, you guys out there chatting in the chat rooms on uh, YouTube and then on Facebook. Uh, make sure to share this with the Rattler. The show will always be available on YouTube, but you can also watch it or listen to it on the BCSN Pod Zone, which is the exclusive home for podcasts that feature all the shows on the Black College Sports Network. So you can look for our show on the BCSN Pod Zone. Of course, you can always find it on YouTube. You can go download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. My JBN, my BCSN is where you can find it on your Google or Apple Play Store. Send us an email. Let us know. ONGStrikeZone at gmail.com. Let us know your top play or plays of the year. Any sport, top moments, uh, you know, most valuable rattler, most valuable lady rattler. 
of 2021. We'll put all that together and uh, we'll let you know the results. But that's assuming if you guys send us some email, you don't send us no emails, we may have to come up with something on our own. But uh, one other thing I want you guys to look out for this Saturday, I believe, is the FCS National Championship game, but also the award for the Buck Buchanan Award will be announced, uh, I believe, Friday or Saturday. Probably Saturday, I think. Again, very likely, I'm, I'm willing to hedge my bets, Isaiah Land, who's one of the three finalists who will be in Frisco, Texas, will be the winner of the Buck Buchanan Award. I, that's just my hunch and my feeling. So uh, you guys keep uh, keep Isaiah in your thoughts and prayers that he gets there safely and that, uh, that, that that award comes home. It'll be the second consecutive HBCU player to win the award, and he had an outstanding year this year. So uh, it'll be a perfect way to cap off this great 2021 season that our football team had. So uh, that's going to do it for our show. Um, follow us, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's where you can find us, at ONG Strike Zone. For Kofi and Kelvin and our producer, AD, in the background, I'm Brian Fulford. Thank you. Rattlers, make sure to continue to get out there and strike, strike, and strike again. Let them know who you are. God bless. Good night. Peace out.